let's talk uh, uh, this morning briefly. I want to talk about uh, the desire of all nations. Jesus is the desire of all nations. And I know that there are theologians who think that it means various things. And uh, some things that we, uh, that we disagree on, we'll find out later in heaven. Uh, but some things that we uh, disagree on, we should find out right here. I, I believe that. Uh, I told the story earlier this morning that when we, uh, my wife and I and my family, we came back from Egypt. We were living there and, and working there. And we came back and we, we founded the fellowship. And there were three of us who were doing the preaching. It was Pastor Stan, me, uh, George Garcia, and myself. And so we were, we were, we were preaching and it was very intimidating in those days for a young preacher to preach after any of those. And I, I used to pray to the Lord, Lord, help. You called me to come back here. Don't let me drag up the rear. Don't let me drag up the rear. You say, well, preachers preach like that? Yes. We, we preach like that and we pray like that. We, you know, you don't want to be just the, the, the worst of the, of, you know, come in tied uh, so close to the photo, it's a photo finish, but don't just be so bad. George said something uh, to, to us one day, and I totally disagreed with George, but George was right. George says that God will give a person, he said a man, a message, and he'll preach that message all of his life. And I thought, ah, I preach a lot of different things. You know, and, but I, as I've grown older, I realized God will give a person a message, and they'll preach that message all their life. And, and so that's what I do. Now, Am, am I preaching the same message as, as this woman said at one time, that this man preaches the same sermon every week? No, I don't. I preach the same man every week. <clears throat> and, yeah. and the desire is to bring Christ back to the center of his church, as it were, and to bring him to the center of our thinking and to the center of our living. Because there's so many of us are informed by other things that we call good things. We're informed by them. You know, we're informed by uh, uh, this business person or this business model or this author. No. When I want to know what to do, I don't go to, find, go to the bookstore. I go to the knee store. I go down on my knees. I, go, I, I put my plate aside. I don't go to the bookstore. You know, and I know that there are some good things one can learn there, but you, we need to learn how to go to Jesus. And so whatever I am doing, I'm always trying to point you to Jesus, whether I'm in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, whether I'm in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, I'm always trying to show you Jesus. That, amen. And I also want Jesus to be relevant in your life. I want you to relate to Jesus in, in, in a way that he is always there for you. No matter what decision you're making, you make uh, the, the decision for Jesus. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, you are in the middle of a river and flesh-eating eating fish start attacking. You say, Jesus, what should I do? I'm not saying that. You know? I mean, you know, get out of there as you pray, you know. So, so, so don't take anything that is said, don't take anything that is said to absurdity. A lot of times people do that to get out of doing what is right. They will take something that is said to absurdity to, or to an illogical conclusion. And so I don't want any of the believers to do that. Uh, I also want to say that uh, Brother Jerry Kemp, who was a member of this church from the time he retired from the military, uh, I don't know how many years ago, he came out somewhere around 86, 
and, and was a member of our church and he passed away in the 90s, I think. And uh, Jerry said something that was so uh, a blessing to me. We had a lot of things going on in our home at the time. I think we'd see, well, we had church at home, but one thing. And my wife would invite everybody to come have dinner with us. And, and you know, and, w- and one of those days we were in the kitchen, Jerry and I, and he was talking about his military experience. And one of the things that really, a lot of the things are still with me, but one thing he said that has really informed my thinking and our ministry, and I want to say things that will inform your ministry, your thinking, your life. He said uh, he was uh, on a bombing run because he was a military guy. He's a Marine uh, pilot. He was on a bombing run, and and they, uh, and, and he didn't know Jesus even at the time. And he was flying through, and the, uh, the opponents or the enemy uh, were. Uh, they were shooting his plane and, and, uh, at his plane, and they shot that plane up. Barely made it back. And his guys, his squadron, wanted to know what to do. And he says, "Guys," he said, "Men, I know you're under fire, but complete your mission. I know you're under fire, but complete your mission." And that is my message to the church as well. And that's why I continue to bring us back to Jesus Christ, no matter what you're doing. It's Jesus. And so let's look at Isaiah chapter 53 and verse verse 1. Isaiah 53 verse 1. He asks the question, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And now concerning that, John in chapter 12 of John verses 37 and 38, he says, but although Jesus, although he had done so many signs before them, they did not believe in him. Although he had proven that he was the Christ, that he was son of God, they did not believe in him. He says, that the word of Isaiah, the prophet, might be fulfilled, which he spoke. And so, but the scripture is not saying, as someone said to me recently, uh, that, okay, it's, it's happening all like God wanted it. I said, no, it's not happening like God wanted it. Just because the prophet prophesied it does not mean that's the way God wanted it. God prophesied about what we would stubbornly do, even though we have the proof of something opposite. And he says that the word of the prophet, it was the prophet Isaiah, might be fulfilled. Lord, who has believed our report? And, and to whom has the arm of the Lord revealed? So Paul uses this verse also in Romans chapter 10, verses 16 through 18. He says, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, now listen, they have not all, all obeyed the gospel, For Isaiah says. Now, Isaiah didn't command them to disobey. Isaiah said what they were going to do. And and God proved him a prophet. That's what this all means. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you and I must hear the word of God and 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 hear the word of God. That's what we must do. And in hearing and hearing, we we get faith. It's amazing that God saves people through preaching. I'm, I'm, I'm dumbfounded that God has to preach to us to, 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 to bring us to salvation. 
Can you imagine there's a hell out there and, you, and, and hell is before us. We see hell in this life and there's a greater hell in front of us. But somebody's got to preach to you. Hey, don't go to hell. God loves you. Jesus loves you. He died for you. Don't go to hell. I said, what? That's nutty. But that's who we are. And Isaiah spoke of these things. They have not all, we all obeyed the gospel. And so the Bible talks about Jesus in such beautiful ways. I love Jesus Christ. You know, I used to tell uh, my, my wife many, many years ago, I said, when I die, don't put anything about he was this. Or Just put down there he believed God. But I'm thinking I, I may change that. He loved Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Who is Jesus? Who is this man Jesus? Can I, can you, you ever meet somebody, you go, that's an interesting person. Uh, you meet somebody and just for a few minutes, you go, wow, that's an interesting person. I would like to spend more time with him. Well, that's my Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I want to spend more time with you. I, I want to be with you in all kinds of ways. I, I want to be with you in, in, in which is something I did avoid in, in, at various times in my life. But I want to be with you in fastings and in prayers and in alone time. I want to be with you, Jesus. That's how he wants all of us to be. God longs for fellowship with you. Come on. And, and there's no reason why we should not fellowship with him. Because God has given us his own spirit. And we have the very spirit of God living in us right now. Nothing should hinder our communion. But listen, what he says about Jesus. So often, sometimes, I, I know this by the Holy Spirit, and maybe even personally, uh, but I do know it by the Holy Spirit, that some of us don't think that we're like somebody else. We don't think, we're, we're, we don't think you know, we, we see the movie stars, and we say, ooh, uh, man, I'd like to be uh, this person, this movie star, that movie star. Or I'd like to be, uh, in, in my days, it was Clark Gable or, or uh, one of those other guys, and I found out that they weren't really who they were. Really, purported to be, you know, but we wanted to be like them. And what my favorite cowboy hero, when I found out uh, what, he, what kind of life he was living, I said, uh, he's not my hero anymore. You know, but, but we see people and we imagine that God only calls those strong, chiseled, good-looking people. But no, God doesn't do that. He chooses ordinary people. God's ordinary people. And some of the greatest saints of God are ordinary people ordinary people. They, don't, they would never win a beauty contest, a Miss America, a Miss Universe. They would never uh, uh, win Mr. Universe. They're not all that. Verse 2, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. Wow. He has no form or stately form or comeliness, splendor. And when we see him, there's no beauty that we should desire. That's how God wanted his son to come into the world. And so forever and ever, Jesus looks like he looks like that. He came into the world, but yet he's the greatest of all those who've come through women. Listen to what he says. He is despised and rejected, forsaken by men, a man of sorrows, a man of pains, and acquainted with grief, acquainted with sickness. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Now, he says, 
he was acquainted with sickness. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. He, yes, he was acquainted with grief, which means sickness. But it does not mean that Jesus was sickly. And I know somebody says, oh, Jesus was sickly. And the Bible says, no, he wasn't sickly. He was whole. If he were sickly, he could not have been the sacrifice for us. He had to be whole in every way, spiritually, physically. He was whole. He was not sick. So if somebody says that to you, tell them they need to come have an office visit with me. And verse 4 says, surely he has borne our sicknesses. See, he could not bear our sicknesses were he sick. So he has borne our sicknesses, our griefs, our sicknesses, and carried our sorrows or our pains. Jesus took our sicknesses on him to the cross. When he was under the weight of that cross, he was taking our pains, our griefs, our sorrows. He was taking all of that to the cross. And what does that mean? It means that you and I don't have to carry the burden of our sins and even physical maladies. Now, should we have a physical malady, it could very well be that I am, do, I am doing better with God under the weight of this. It could be. I'm not making excuses for it. It could be. So, have you ever noticed how sometimes when people are under a lot of burdens and difficulties, they, they love Jesus, and they are right there in the church, man. And then they say, oh, pray for me. And you pray in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, and they get healed, and then hit the door. I, I've seen it. I've seen it, and just run away from God. So sometimes, it doesn't, you don't bear these, these infirmities because um, uh, uh, there's no power, there's no faith. Sometimes we bear them because of who we are, but we are better off sometimes. Now, that's just a little sidebar. Surely we, he has borne our griefs, our sicknesses, and carried our sorrows, pains, yet we esteemed or reckoned him, put it on the books, him stricken uh, or smitten, Struck down by God and afflicted. Struck down by because So those who saw him said, you know, wow, look at him. Like God has punished him. But he was wounded. That is pierced through for our transgressions. He was bruised or crushed for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes. And that word stripes doesn't mean just a little flip. Cutting blows. Cutting blows. Cutting blows by his stripes. Cutting blows. We not were, but are healed. We are healed. Now, the scripture does talk about it. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand if you will. The scripture does talk uh, about we were healed. We are healed. But we're healed means that at the cross, we were made whole. Our healed means it's a sustaining lifestyle. Amen. And then he says something that is true of every human being. You know, sometimes we have what we call goody two-shoes. We have people who are misinformed about their own life. They think that they've been good all their life. They think they were born good. They, they, they were born sinners. And the only thing is the grace of God kept them uh, uh, from opportunities to be real crazy. That's how it works. The grace of God kept them from all those things. Because given the opportunity, one man is as crazy as the other without Jesus Christ. Without Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 
And so he says here in verse 6, all, A-L-L, all, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. All of us have gone astray. All of us, he says, like sheep. Like sheep being led off. God, come on, sheep. He goes, he doesn't know that we're going to the slaughter. All we like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us. He says here, this is so powerful. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid or caused to land on him the iniquity of us all. Can you imagine just for a moment? This amazing Savior we have, Jesus Christ, is an amazing Savior. I want you to fall in love with him more than ever. There was a little Assemblies of God. I call it an Assemblies of God song. When I used to visit them uh, in, the, in the old days, they would sing, I keep falling in love with him, falling in love with him over and over again. I keep falling in love with him, falling in love with him over and over again. He gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Oh, what a love between my Lord and I. He keeps falling in love, falling in love with him over and over again. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for you. Because God caused to land on him all of our iniquities. We've all had some pretty strong iniquities, misdeeds, bad behavior, and all of it came to Jesus. Everything you've ever done fell on him. Hallelujah. He amazes me. One man defeating all the hordes of hell by himself, defeated Satan, not as the lion of the tribe of Judah, no matter how carnal you are. It was the Lamb of God who defeated him. A lion is not a sacrificial animal. It's the Lamb of God. He went in there like a lamb led to slaughter and took our sins, bore them on himself. And he had done no sin, no evil. No, Peter says there was no deceit in his mouth. Peter says, I, I've never heard him talk bad about anybody. Wow, listen what he says. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. I said, Lord, help me do that. No, 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 no self-evaluation. I always tell when I'm competing with people in a little discussion, you know, sometimes at the house or whatever, you know, I may do it. I better move on. But, you know, when I talk to my staff, let's just say, you know, but anyway, you know, sometimes self-evaluations aren't that good. So, so because uh, uh, self-righteousness is, is no righteousness at all. And self-evaluations can sometimes really fall through the cracks. But this is one of those things that get me. It says, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened out his mouth. I said, that, Lord, help me to keep my mouth shut. I don't know, maybe none of you has ever had to pray that. Uh, Y'all looked at me like you never had to pray that, so none of you has ever had to pray that. But I've had to pray that a multitude of times. Lord, I knew better than to open my big mouth. Help me to keep my mouth shut. I was talking to a friend of mine. He said, the way I do it is is I'm just seeking peace all the time. 
And I said, okay, Lord, thank you for him. Now help me to seek peace all the time. If I'll seek peace all the time, maybe I'll be able to keep my mouth shut. But this Jesus, they were mistreating him. But he kept his mouth. He opened out his mouth. He never defended himself. He was taken from prison, from confinement, and from judgment. He never, ever said a word. Peter says he committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to crush him. Wow. For us, for you. I want you to fall in love with him. My time has slipped away, but I want you to fall in love with him. I want you to love him more than you ever loved him in your life. And uh, my heart is, as George Garcia said, one man will preach the same sermon his whole life. But one person will. But this is what I want you to do. There's one person that we all need to preach, and that is Jesus Christ. Yes. He, is, he is our life. Yes. He is our righteousness. Yes. He is everything that we need for God and godliness. I know that some of us, some of us want to get deep, and we're still shallow. Because if you're not in the right water, it doesn't matter how deep you go. Jesus is everything. Somebody said to me, you know, a number of years ago, that I preached the same message. I preached the same, same man. And I want you to be the same man. And I want you to get your instruction from Jesus and not television. Because Jesus died to give you his spirit. And, and the Holy Spirit lives within every believer. Every believer, the Holy Spirit lives with him. Every believer, the Holy Spirit lives with him. And the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. So in Jesus' name, amen. I bless you. Amen.